The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Messages of hope. Well, hi, everybody. This week, I'm coming to you live from Mountain Home, Idaho. This morning, I was in Twin Falls, Idaho. Ty and I grabbed the kayaks when we found this gorgeous gorge, the Snake River Gorge, and we popped the kayaks in the river because we just had to do it and kayaked under this huge bridge. It was spectacular. Go to my Facebook page and see the picture of the two of us socially distancing on this, in the Snake River Canyon. Then we got in the bus and headed up here to Mountain Home, got here about an hour ago, We're camped out in an Elks Lodge parking lot. How romantic is that? And the last time I did this, I lost the internet signal and had to go pounding on the door of the Elks Lodge bar and say, somebody give me your phone quick. I'm right in the middle of my radio show. So with a little help from the angels, maybe we'll have a good signal for the whole show. I hope so, because my guest today is so high energy, maybe he'll just keep the energy going. I just love Michael Sandler. He's the host of the Inspire Nation show. If you haven't watched it yet, you have to, and you'll see what I'm talking about, energy. It's one of the top spiritual and self-help podcasts on YouTube. In fact, he interviewed me, oh, about a couple months ago, and I'm just thrilled because that one video has almost 100,000 views. So he really is a podcast giant and interviews leaders, experts, and spiritual visionaries several times a week. He's also a professional, former professional athlete. I want to learn more about that and has had two near-death experiences. So we have a lot to talk about today. He's going to share about those experiences and how he now communicates with spirit in his own high energy way. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Suzanne, and, and, and you're living the dream we're going to be doing in just a little bit of going on the road, and we're coming up through Idaho as well. Well, it's just a beautiful, beautiful area. We love going around the country. I think we've, I know we've, we've been in every state, and it's just a joy to have friends all over the country. That's the best part for us is uh, getting out in nature and meeting new people. But, you know, Michael, the other day we were on a bike ride through Salt Lake City and I found one of those little lending libraries that neighborhoods put out and you take a book and there was a book there and it was all about this little girl that everybody in school couldn't believe. She just did whatever she felt like. She wore whatever she wanted to. She was so full of joy and enthusiasm. And I immediately thought of you. When you interviewed me, you were wearing bright yellow glasses. What color glasses are you wearing today? 
I have on bright yellow glasses. I have a bright purple shirt on versus sometimes <laughs> my bright yellow shirt. And, and I am, well, it's, it, I'm not very materialistic, but I, I do have a bright yellow Tesla with gold wheels. Um, why not shine bright in this lifetime? Why not bring your light to the world? Exactly. And in reading that book and thinking about you, I just wanted to share with everybody, what would you do if you didn't care what anybody thought about you? And I know that we do, you know, of course we want to do the right thing, come from the heart, but Michael, you just exemplify that to me. You radiate joy. (laughs) When I started, when I started the Inspire Nation show, what happens is this joy bubbles up inside of me, this and, and my wife is like, you, you got to tune, tone that down. You're, you're going to scare people away. And so I would try to stuff it down, but it was just this joy welling up, and I just had to be me. And so some people love it. Some people are chased away. But we get to just bring our true authentic South out. Oh, I love it. That, woohoo! That's, your, that's like your signature thing, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it? It has become. I mean, it was in my life. For a decade, decade and a half, it started after my first near-death experience, April 2nd, 2004. That woohoo, that um, connection to source spirit, something started coming out of me, and, uh, and there was no way to keep it down once I started the show. So I want to get into that first NDE and the second one, but before we do then, so are you saying that before 2004 you were more, or more subdued? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I had, I had a joyous side of myself, certainly, um, but, but really, in many ways, the person I was uh, passed away on that day, and <laughs> who had improved more woohooey, um, me came about, who was um, <laughs> viewed the viewed the world through very different lens, maybe the best way to put it. Woohooey, have you used that word before? I think once or twice I have and tried to figure out how to spell it. Now, when Jessica, my wife, she's the producer, she's the everything, and she's my everything. Um, when she came into my life, I was spelling woohoo different than I said it. I was spelling it like W H E W H E W. And she's like, that's not woohoo. That's no. woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, are you saying that Jessica right. came in your life after that NDE? Yeah, so I, I had been engaged to somebody else when NDE number one half first happened. That engagement only lasted another couple of weeks. NDEs wow. have a way of doing that. And um, then it was about three years later at a meditation center that I, I opened up my, my eyes after a meditation. I'm like, there she is. Um, and, and being such an outgoing guy that you hear here, um, I was so nervous of speaking with the girl that I knew that I was going to marry, but I couldn't say a single thing. <laughs> you knew it was a done deal right away. Oh, so I cool. absolutely knew it. And so it drove me nuts that for three weeks she was doing everything in her power. Once we finally did meet everything in her power to push it away. It was a, a, I, I want you here by my side almost 24 hours a day. And you know, I'm never going to date you, right? I'm never going to see you as anything other a friend. I just want you to know that. In fact, let me show you my, uh, what was it? Match.com profile. Here's the guy I'm going out with tonight. Just so it's perfectly clear. <laughs> I love her very, very dearly, but she could see the wounds. She could see my childhood wounds, the things I needed to work on, and she didn't want to do that dance. Unfortunately or fortunately, as she would say, she was conscripted by the universe. We were meant to be together. So um, I hung in there. Wow. 
I kind of want to know more about that, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Would you please tell us what happened in that first NDE, what you experienced and how it changed you? So um, I was training at that time for a, um, I'd been a, a professional cyclist. I'd been a speed skater. I'd raced in Europe. Um, and I was sponsored at this point by Rollerblade to do a world record skate across the country, coast to coast, 4,000 miles, 40 days, help students with learning disabilities and attention deficit disorder. Uh, it's something I was wow. very passionate about. And I had done a bike ride uh, across the country a couple of years before that to help people, uh, 5,000 miles across the country to help people with those challenges as well. Um, me growing up having been one of them. And How old were so you at the I time? I was uh, 36 years old, or I guess 35, not quite 36 yet. And um, I'd been listening to on an audiobook as I'd been out skating that morning on a bike path, a uh, Wayne Dyer audiobook, um, Inspiration, talking about everything in life happens for reason. I skate to the end of Boulder uh, by the Boulder Creek. I take off my, my skates, my feet are just like flambéed from skating. And so I put my feet in the creek and I joked, there was probably like steam coming off of my feet. And I, I prayed and meditated. I was a, a big meditator and I prayed and meditated for safety and guidance. And I was very nervous about this upcoming journey. Could I make it? Could I do it? Would it work out? Would I be safe? I got out, I laced up my skates and I said, you know, go slow, Michael. It's, it's a Sunday, tourists are starting to wake up. They're starting to come out on the bike path. And so I skated off slowly. I rounded the first bend and there was a parking lot right, right down the hill from me. And a father stepped out from the parking lot onto the bike path, teaching his baby son how to walk mm. and stepped out right in front of me. Oh my gosh. And I, I, I like to joke and say you had a choice, hit the baby or hit the deck. I don't know if I could have ever chosen anything but hit the deck. I, like an electric shock went through me. I don't even know how I did it to this day. I managed to jump up and backwards, kind of make an Olympic, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, high bar jumper, whatever they call it. Mm. Please forgive me. Proud. Um, high jump, I think they call it. And I remember yeah. in the air thinking to myself, am I going to be able to, to still do this uh, trip? And before I could even finish that question, I landed with such a dull co concussive thud. It shattered, blew apart my femur, blew apart my hip, shattered my arm. Wow. And it was like a moment of stillness, of silence, of everything stopped. There was no pyrotechnics. There was no light. There was no anything. Just a, a pause. In that moment, everything, yes. everything, everything changed. Everything mm. about who I am, what I am, what I stand for, what I want to do, all changed. All you could say, downloads, upgrades, anything you want. I looked at the. I, I opened my eyes. I look. Didn't hit the baby. Baby's good. Didn't hit the dad. Dad's good. Finger and toes still move. Oh my God, that's amazing. Sun is still shining. Woohoo! Now, <laughs> at that moment, I had to take the left leg and flop it over the right because what was left of the femur was about to puncture the femoral artery. Huh. And I was bleeding out internally. Hmm. But I had the biggest 
ear-to-ear grin you've ever seen. In fact, when the Whoa. EMTs got there, they all had the same question. Dude, did you hit your head? And the answer <laughs> was no. I was just, I was in tremendous pain, Suzanne, but I was also in incredible bliss. And, and I haven't stayed in that bliss 24-7, but my life has never been the same. It was like instant big picture. Wow, that's a perfect way to summarize that. Huh. And and why don't you, for anybody who's new to the spiritual path, metaphysics, what do you mean by big picture? What did you just get? That's an awesome question. I got to try to put that in words. Wow. Um, it's not about me. Um, that was a biggie for me. There, um, I truly am a spiritual being having a human existence. Everything happens for a reason. Everything is on path. Everything is on purpose. There are strings connecting everyone and everything. There is no separation between you and me. There's no separation between me and anyone in the audience. There's no separation between me and a rock on the other side of the planet. It's mm-hmm. all one beautiful thing. It's all love. It's all energy. It's all here for expansion, for growth. It's all here to, to serve us, to help us. We are each here as an integral piece of the whole, an individual rose on this rose bush called humanity or called life, here to shine our divine light on the world. And, and it was just a moment of pure realization of what, what living a life in alignment versus there's no such thing as out of alignment. I don't say I wasn't living a good way before, but a mm-hmm. completely different way of living and being and existing in the world that just so it, popped into consciousness. What it feels like to me is that that channel of knowing is like a TV channel is always there. And something just shifted your channel enough that you entered a whole new point of view. Boom. I, I, I would completely agree with that. And it, and it is always here. You could say I was more <laughs> awake, <laughs> yeah, going, yeah. oh, my God, how was I doing things before I was on autopilot? And I was not on autopilot anymore. Yeah, but no wonder you were beaming when you put it like that, what you just grokked all of a sudden. Wow. So were, did you – well, clearly your recovery must have been arduous. Did this so help you get through I, that? Well, it helped me in a sense. First off, I, they managed or I managed, somebody managed to snap my picture going into the, the surgery where the, the doctor's like, um, I'm giving him a pep talk that he's going to be able to save my leg. I said, don't worry, doc, it's going to go back together better than you ever expected it would. I've got this huge grin. And he's like, look, I got to wheel you in or you're going to lose your leg or lose your life. And I had this mm. huge, 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 huge grin. Um, wow. It has... The recovery was incredibly challenging, but I knew it was going to work out. And there were two things. First, I made a conscious decision. I made a conscious decision to choose to believe what I was hearing, that everything in life is going to happen for a reason, which means I didn't go into the gutter. Had I gone into the gutter, poor me, woe is me, professional athlete, now I'm not going to be able to do this, now I'm not going to do this, and now I've lost my fiancé as well. If I was to go into that gutter, then I never probably would have even been able to get out of the rehab hospital that they wanted to keep me in for two months, and I got out in a day and a half. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm like, I got to be home to heal. 
I know what I need. And I believed I could do it. And I chose, it was such a conscious choice that I'm going to stay in the light, that I'm going to stay in a positive place, that I'm not going to go into any sort of blame game. So that was a piece of it. But then I really struggled and was challenged with this until in meditation one day, I don't remember, it was like six, eight months in, um, I heard, you've tried everything else. And in essence, what I was hearing is, have faith, trust in God, but it went beyond that. It went to the absolute opposite of anything I believed into a core. What did I believe? I have weak feet. I'm Mr. Tendonitis. If I don't walk across the living room floor with custom orthotics in my custom slipper shoes, then my feet are going to fall apart. And what I heard next is, you've got to get barefoot and connect to the earth. Hmm. And I started going barefoot, and I started walking barefoot, I started running barefoot. Mm. I once Jessica came along, we wrote the international bestseller barefoot running. Oh, no kidding. And we helped start an entire movement that came out of me not able to find a way to heal and hearing I need to just connect with the earth and the earth will tell me how I'm going to heal. And it did. Whoa. How cool is that? Gee, so clearly so, they saved your leg. The doctor saved your leg. And I have a titanium femur. I have a titanium hip. And I've got some, some wiring holding it all together. And a titanium femur? Mm-hmm. Wow. You are the bionic man. <laughs> well, more than you realize, more than that story. So... If we fast forward seven years, one month, 17 days later, 7117, we're out hiking uh, outside Lake Tahoe, Jessica and myself, and um, we're finishing up a book tour gone bad on barefoot walking. And I <laughs> hiked on this really slick stone outside Lake Tahoe. I then swam in a snow, a snow melt water hole that was like 12 feet deep. The snow would melt, and it, and it carved a cavern into the stone beneath it, and it was like 32-degree water. It was literally freezing cold because you saw it come off of the snow. And I got out, and I was, I was uh, blue and cold, and so instead of being barefoot on the way back, she had me put on my leather-soled moccasins, which without rubber, I'm still kind of connected to the earth. And we did a creek crossing, uh, before which I just told her how much I love her, how much I think it's time to have kids, how excited <laughs> I was. Then I took one step through the creek, another step into some sand, another step onto a stone, and went flying through the air. Mm. And landed and yelled at the top of my lungs, oh no, not again. I know, good grief. And then light started fading. It went to a tunnel. I didn't get like the whole tunnel experience. I think light was just going away from me. And I had a sense of peace of, I can just let go now. And I'll be fine. I'll be better than fine. Or I knew or heard or something, I was going to have to fight like hell if I wanted to come back because I had stopped breathing at this point. Hmm. And you don't tell your wife that you want to have kids with her. 
and then go die on her. <laughs> that's, just, that's just not my way, Suzanne. Too tenacious for that. And so I yelled or screamed inside, outside to effing breathe. And um, I had to force myself. I came back into my body and had to force myself for the next hour. I was like, how do I stay alive? I'm like, what's the most powerful thing I see? And whether it's a light or whether it's this giant, brilliant Lake Tahoe sunshine, I was breathing in light and then sending out love and breathing in light and sending out love. And I'm stuck mm-hmm. waist deep in a, in a creek. My right femur now completely exploded out on me. Uh, no. Almost to, death, to the left. Uh, it, it gets better. Do I want to say better? It gets more intriguing. Yeah, um, yeah so there you go. They, they, uh, emergency rescue crews got there at an hour. Um, they couldn't find a blood pressure on me. They're completely freaked out. I know I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to find that hour I spent in Download City. I was just, oh. I don't know how to describe it. It's not like they were learnings on a conscious level, but it was such profound learnings and growth and understandings that I never had before. They uh, uh, airlifted me out, took a couple helicopters, got me to the hospital, uh, four or five other people's blood to keep me alive, seven-hour surgery. The next day, the, uh, one of the doctors in the, in the surgery comes in and, and says, um, Michael, how'd you do it? I'm like, well, what do you mean? And, and I could barely lift my head off of the pillow. I'm like, what is he talking about? And, and he said, well, you've got up the x-rays already on your website. What? No, I, no, I don't. I've been oh. here unconscious with other people's blood coursing through my veins. The, the, how do I put this? I see what's on coming. The left, yeah. <laughs> the left side after accident number one left me with a titanium femur, a titanium hip two hoops that held the whole thing together and an inch leg length discrepancy. After accident, I'll put that in quotes, accident, ha ha. Number mm. two, I had identical titanium femur, titanium mm. hip, two wire mm-hmm. hoops in exactly the same place and no more leg length discrepancy. Oh my God. This, this is I'm so happy I didn't know your story in advance. Ooh, everybody, is this amazing or what? How do you explain this, Michael? Well, I'm a human tuning fork for a reason. We may not have identified <laughs> all of that reason. Maybe I'm a dousing rod. But with that said, there are no accidents in life. There are no coincidences. Now, I was off path or out of alignment, and I've spoken with Spirit who said, you know, I'd bump you, bump you off if I had to, ta- to do so, but I had to bring you back into alignment. But this happened in this identical manner. And the doctor says there are no odds, none at all, of this mm-hmm. possibly happening. Um, it is, if ever I needed a marker or indication that everything happens for a reason, that we are not in control, that there's something greater in play, yeah. All I need to do is look at the incisions that go up the side of both of my legs from my knee to my hip. Yeah. Identically. And mm. go, okay, I get it. 
and and universe source god whatever we want to call it spirit angels has been super kind i'm going to go do about a 20 mile inline speed skating session down a nice safe quiet bike path after this yesterday after i finished an interview i ran a small mountain my (laughs) body is amazing universe has been so so kind but it is a continuous reminder because now i have to be a pro athlete with all the titanium in me if i stop moving i stop moving Really? So I would feel, oh my God, yes. So I am required. I think we all are at a certain age, but I am required because of these gifts, and that's what they are, to always keep moving. Now I can sit and meditate, and I love that, but I have to stay active. But as long as I do that, they're not only a hindrance, but I would say a gift for what they've given me. What happens if you don't move? They just rust? <laughs> If I don't move, the body tightens up and it will tighten up very, very quickly. You could say it'll seem like I've rusted because yeah. we, we've experienced times on this show. Now we're, we're five years, 1400 plus shows in. We've experienced times where I got really, quote, busy. And when I got mm. really busy, my body started to slow down fast. It's like I would age extra quickly. Hmm. And all it's doing is telling me that life is a use it or lose it proposition. That if you use it, you get stronger. If you don't, it goes away. In my case, it's faster. Wow. I love the analogy there you can use with you're here to help people shine their light brighter. And we've got to shine our lights and turn it up ourselves through the choices. And that's what you're the perfect example of. It is all a choice. That's the thing. Even if we were to say, woe is me, poor me, whatever it is. And, and I've experienced a bunch of that. People who are listening here have probably experienced 10 times, 100 times as much as that. It's still a choice. It's a choice. In this moment, do you want to shine your light brighter? In this moment, are you being victimized? And who is victimizing you? Might be in your mind. Can we, just like you were saying, I just had to turn the dial very, very slightly. And there's yeah. the flow. There's the information. There's the light. We can all choose to turn that dial. It's so easy to blame other people for our bad moods, for the things happening to us. Mm. We can look at the news. I call it negative worthless stimulation. We can look at the news and either choose to see one of two things. One, we can choose to see, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this person did this. That person said that this is taking place. These people are forcing that. Whatever your story is, it's all story. Nothing wrong with it, but it's all story. We can choose to be disempowered by it, or we can go, woohoo, ascendance, (laughs) consciousness, awakening. Holy crap is going down for us to grow and expand. It's kind of scary, and I feel for people who anything has happened to. I've had clients with COVID. I've had relatives with COVID. I know of people who have passed away. I don't take away And we are going to come back, Michael, and talk more about that specifically, but you know how it works. we got to go to a break. Come back and join us, everybody. Michael Sandler from the Inspire Nation show. What a show today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Okay, I'm in trouble now. I'm going to be high all afternoon after talking with Michael Sandler. I asked him <laughs> if he could come back every month because I just love your energy, Michael. So, believe it or not, everybody, after these first two accidents, in quote, there's a third. You say it finished you off. <laughs> Tell me about it, Michael. So I was I was uh, living in Maui after that second hour during the time of the second accident. Came back to Maui. Uh, actually, spent weeks with an angel living just outside Lake Tahoe on her couch until I had enough red blood cells to be able to sit upright to be able to even attempt to get on the plane. Came back to Maui. Worked on healing. Started to get back in shape. We'd been working on a, a program called Mindful Running. You can find it, mindfulrunning.org. We're, we're doing this program of, of movement and meditation. And I went out for a bike ride on the last day of shooting. And it's part of my healing journey. And I came back home. And I'm a couple switchbacks from home on the side of Haleakala, a, a volcano on the side of Maui. Mm. And, and I'm thinking to myself about these exercises that I'm doing, stay, be present, be extra present, saying something about presence to myself when I watched the front wheel of my bicycle in the turn come up into the air. Now, Suzanne, mm. I was a professional cyclist. I raced in Europe. I never, ever, 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 ever crashed on my own. Other people crashed around me, big different story. And here my front wheel goes into the air and it's almost like floats up. And then it came down, boom, with such speed and such velocity, velocity. It, my handlebars dented the tube of the top tube of the bike um, I oh. hit my head and got a concussion on the ground with a helmet on, but I broke all of the bones, all of the ribs in front of my heart. I brought, oh. broke all of the bones, all of the ribs behind my heart. I broke my <clears throat> scapula. I broke my clavicle. Basically, any bone having any proximity to the heart was snapped. What lesson did you need to learn? It was very clear. You can have an NDE and you can still come back and ego can come in the back door and say, all right, mister, I think I've got big picture now. Now I'm going to make you go to work. Now you've got to get your message out there. Now you've got to slay the dragon. I was not fully embodying mm. open heartedness of dropping my shields and fully letting go into what is. That is what I made. We've got a book coming out soon, The Open-Hearted Warrior. That, Good. for me, was cracking all the bones around my heart to fully let go and step into my strength by leaning into fear, by leaning into life, by leaning into everything without shields up. So basically, all the shields were broken, and the symbolism mm. was like in my face. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. And that did it. You, you, and, you and, mentioned earlier your wife saying she saw your childhood wounds. Did that play into it at all? Who you, well, it was, the yes, shields? Perfectly. That she was, she had this accident not happened. I'm sure we would have headed for divorce because I was, there was a part of me that had to drive and strive and be Sisyphus, Sisyphus and push that stone uphill in a constant state of doing or I was not worthwhile. Mm. Mm-hmm. I bet a lot of people listening can identify with that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Once that happened, now I still do a lot. By many people's standards, I do a lot. But there's mm-hmm. a lot more being now. There's a gentleness. There's an expression I say now. Kind, gentle, easy, good. I want everything. Kind, gentle, easy, good. I have my totem, my animal totem, Henry the tortoise, which if we were on video, I'm holding right here. A, stu- a stuffed sea turtle right here. Uh, a little stuffed animal, of course telling me that there's nothing you can do fast that you can't do twice as good at half the speed. And Mm -hmm. I have stepped back from that egoic drive and strive to get more into flow or into the love of the universe. I so identify with this, and I hope a lot of people listening do. I'm trying to do a self-test as you're talking because I'm trying to hear this through Ty's ears, and he lives with me, and I am definitely driven. But yet this morning we went for a beautiful paddle on the Snake River, you know, so I hope that everybody listening can find that balance. Did you change right away, Michael, or was this – did it kind of come across later that, oh, that's what that was all about? It, I, I got, I don't want to say universe tested me. It, it's a brilliant question you're asking. But we had massive life shifts that occurred right after that. And those massive mm. life shifts, we had been trying to slay the dragon to put out this mindful running program. And we were certainly pushing stones uphill. It was a beautiful program, but we were working way too hard. Immediately after I go down, as soon as I start to come back, Jessica starts to get very, very sick. Mm. And uh, it was as if as I'm getting back into my body, she had a chance to fall apart. And she was sick with, we didn't know it at the time, mold toxicity poisoning. We found two weeks before leaving Maui, we were at this point wiped out financially from the accident, wiped out because I wasn't able to work, wiped out because she wasn't able to work. We found an inch thick carpet of black mold running along the uh, scaffolding the whole way around in our Maui house. And she was very, very sick. We got back to New Jersey, and, and no, def, no, no picking on New Jersey, there are some amazing places, particularly as you get away from the city and into nature in New Jersey. There's some incredible nature. I've been screaming anywhere but New Jersey, anywhere but New Jersey. We get back to New Jersey. We're leveled. We're wiped out. There's a car in the driveway. We don't even have the money. It's her parents' house. We're in her, we're in her childhood eight-by-ten bedroom, sleeping on two twin mattresses on the, on the floor, and we don't even oh have money for the car. But I went, Suzanne, because of everything that happened, I said, I give. I completely give up. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. And I went to a process I'd been working on that I would dive in, kind of hone this process, and dive out. I was too scared of it. Dive in, play with some more, dive out. I was too scared of it. It's called automatic writing. And Mm -hmm. I embodied it at this point. And I said, all right, universe, you're on. Not meaning I challenge you, meaning 
I and do not have the answers. Everything I'm doing hurts. <laughs> I yeah. surrender. And each and every morning, I went to automatic writing like it was my oxygen, like my life depends on it. I do it to this day. We've got automaticwriting.com. We've got a book coming out on it in January. And that became my oxygen. And I mm-hmm. surrendered out of my egoic mind and said, I've got to get out of my mind. And it was the three accidents, particularly that third one, and then Jessica getting walloped, that I said, this just ain't working anymore. Yeah. And I'm not going to fight anymore. Out of that, the crazy thing is, I heard, start a show. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed because it's one of the top self-help and spiritual shows in the world. Now, start a show. Get your coaching again, but not your, I had done, I had done life coaching. I had done uh, uh, running coaching. I had done health coaching. No, and fully embody who you are, body, mind, and spirit, up-level people's lives from spirit first. And I got guidance on all of this. The show took off. The coaching took off. Our finances took off. We're in a dream home here out in Colorado. We're going to be getting our own uh, uh, beautiful rig to travel around the country in the summertime. Everything good came out of that complete and total surrender and then taking each morning to go, all right, spirit, universe, angels, guides, what do you have to tell it? Yes. Yeah. That's it, Michael. You stop saying I have to do this or and setting your own goals. People ask about setting goals and you just let spirits tell you what to do day by day. It works. Bingo. It's amazing. It's Much a surrender that people are afraid to do because we're, we've, we've been told you have to plan. You have to do this and that. And there are some things you have to plan for. But, oh, when spirit pulls the strings, my gosh. Yeah, it's a spirit-driven life now. And before, even before that third accident, even though I had so much wisdom ping-ponging around in my 30- or 40-year-old head I didn't know what to do with, I couldn't embody any of it until I huh. let go. So you mentioned being an open-hearted warrior. Why do you yeah. use the word warrior? I Remembering word that warrior. you're talking to a retired military officer. <laughs> gets that. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. A warrior to me, now first off, there is popular culture. It is a very popular term in a Yang-based society that we get to bring a lot more yin to. But with that said, an open-hearted warrior to me is dancing on the edge of the sword dancing right on the very edge of that blade. And they are coming with a single-minded focus and purpose Mm. for change, for growth, for expansion, for love, for serving. And so Mm. a warrior to me is someone that is exceptionally in alignment. Now, it can be a light warrior. It can be a a, a warrior that's going to go out and hurt people. But I believe if we bring the single-minded focus that you were trained for in your lifelong career, if we brought that to spirit, we are unstoppable at what we can do for the greater good, but also what we can do for our own lives. We have our own journey. We're not here to fight, to slay dragons, to work hard. We're here to get in flow. We're, we're here to work on expanding our own consciousness. We're here to enjoy the journey. This can be heaven here on earth when we get into alignment. And if you could see me putting my hands together, it's mm-hmm. like the top of the sword, getting in alignment. 
Well, this is the perfect, I want to talk about alignment, but this is the perfect time to bring up a question from someone that commented on my Daily Way message today. Yeah, I read it two minutes before the show started, Michael, and I'm going to put you on the spot here because I want to hear your open-hearted warrior response to this woman's question, okay? And you and I both know that on this station, we don't talk politics, and this is not about politics, so you'll see that, but this woman kind of skirted around a little. You ready to take this on? Yes. Okay, here's what she says. Like most Americans, I'm trying hard to stay positive, hopeful, and keeping my faith. I'm truly grateful. We are luckier than a lot of people. We have friends who become ill with COVID. But on top of that, the political and racial divide is hurting so many people already affected by COVID. It's overwhelming. Like so many others, I'm tired of being isolated. How do we reconcile speaking out and demanding change? Aren't we complicit if we do nothing as spiritual people? I want to be part of a solution, not a problem. I want to understand how to do this without anger and judgment. I can find inner peace when I'm reading and meditating, but I can't sustain it. I know what the spiritual answer is. I've been praying and meditating, but I'm failing. As soon as I see the news, I'm right back where I started from. I sincerely wish I could be like Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King. I'm obviously not there. I'm so tired and angry of seeing people taking advantage of others. I understand free will and that we're on different paths, but how do we navigate such a negative cultural path? Wow. Over to, right. over to you. <laughs> First off, let's address the biggie. You aren't failing. You couldn't fail even if you tried. You can fail forward. You can learn. You can grow. You can expand. But it's all here to serve you. So what we need first and foremost before we work on anybody else is some self-forgiveness, being easy, being kind, being loving. You are love. You come from love. You couldn't be anything other than love no matter how much you try. Now, our minds are creators. I had on a Hawaiian shaman on the show earlier today, uh, an amazing gentleman, Jonathan Hammond. And we were talking about where you put your attention. That's what comes about. What you think about, that is what you create with your mind. That doesn't mean you've created any of the madness that's out there. Not at all. Mm-hmm. But it means if we want to, quote, things, dive in on the inside even deeper, Go to the wounds. Rumi says the wound is where the light shines through. Go to where the hurt is. Go to where the pain is. Go to what you see is, quote, negative. And I put that in quotes because I think this incredible period, incredible period of incredible discomfort is here to serve us for our evolution. We've hit the end mm-hmm. of one line. From, from, a, uh, from a Pachamama point of view, it's the time mm-hmm. of the eagle, of the head has passed, of the head-based warrior has passed. The time of the condor of love, of intuition, is here now. We are in this transition. Revel in it. That doesn't mean don't circle the wagons. That doesn't mean don't wear your mask. That doesn't mean don't do what you can to help others. But we get to switch the filter. Way, way old school. We had these, what were they even called? Little panoramic cameras. You put in an image, you press a little button, and it flips to the next part and flips to the next part as the dial switches on the negative. That's what we get to do right now. Press that button down and see it with a new filter from a new perspective. As above, so below. We work on you on the inside. How much love can you bring to the protesters? How much love 
can you bring to the people who are protesting on the other side? How much love can you bring to yourself? How much love can you bring to people on the other side of the political spectrum? And there is no political divide. It's one arm fighting with the other, one foot fighting with an arm. It's all one human beingness. How much love can you bring there? And I say that all the time and people say, yeah, but that doesn't change what we see on the news. That doesn't stop the protests. I'm going to disagree. Now, I'm a two-step guy, Suzanne. I mean, so I I'm saying what I hear, Michael. I'm with you on oh, this. I, I, I get it. I, One I, heart I, at a time. So it's a two-step dance. We can certainly work on the inside. We can call a congressman or go, to, or go out on the streets. And I'm not opposed to anything. I am open to everything. I am open. I am open. Just like I surrender, I surrender. Mm. However, it is all frequency. It is all vibration. When you raise your vibration, I used to believe, Suzanne, that it, the time of the monk in the cave is past, that we need to be, we need to come together as a group and, and not be off by ourselves. Now I realize, I believe I was wrong, that the monk in the cave was holding an energetic space that was pumping that out into the universe. I'm a human tuning mm-hmm. fork. Every one of us is carrying a frequency, is carrying a vibration. When we switch our vibration, it raises the vibration of the entire planet, literally. One light turns up, and it's like I said, like the guides show me like a dimmer switch. All the lights, as they turn up individually, the the whole becomes brighter. Or to go with a Navy analogy, uh, what is it? A a rising tide lifts all ships. Ooh, (laughs) good one. (laughs) (laughs) So... Do what you can, you're saying, on a physical, material level, but work on yourself. Work on yourself without judgment. Go to a place of love. Do all sorts of healing work. Do emotion code, EFT tapping. Go to the angels. I'm a kitchen sink guy. Find what works for you. But love yourself up and love into, lean into. Open-hearted warrior means leaning into the fear, into the wounds. When you see something that bothers you, I want you to go into a place of shamanic inquiry. Why does it bother me? What can I learn from it? How is it here to serve me? How is it here to serve humanity? And dive into each piece with childlike eyes, innocent eyes without judgment, and see what you can learn. For myself, I go to automatic writing and I say, all right, guys, spirit, guides, angels, what in the world's going on here? What can I learn from it? Yeah, what do I need to know today? Absolutely. Amen. Well, excellent answer. Oof. Let's get back to what you were talking about. Thank you for that. Now you were talking about alignment. What does that mean to you? Alignment means that we all have the opportunity to be Sisyphus and push a stone uphill and to keep on trying to think our way through through things, no matter how much the doors close on us. Or we can dive back into flow, let it catch us and guide us on our path. It doesn't mean that we don't have to do any work. It doesn't mean that we, we're just going to you know, get our margaritas on our inflatable mattress and go downstream. But it means that there we all came here with gifts, with talents, with understandings wrapped around our heart. And when we experience those, those are the gifts. It's sort of like you know if you came in liking chocolate or vanilla. When we go to what lights mm-hmm. us up, Doors open, opportunities open yep. up before us. Absolutely. The whole tenor of our existence changes. That is what it means to be in alignment. Now, I don't want to confuse that with everything suddenly being easy. 
challenges are here for our growth when we understand that. I have been broken many times, and I'm not Literally. recommending it for anybody. <laughs> yes, I was broken for my highest good. Now, now I've, I've done my own spiritual practices to say, universe, God, can we renegotiate this? I got it. <laughs> I'm going to listen <laughs> a lot more carefully now. But these challenges are for our highest good. And you turned it around and now helping so many others, hundreds of thousands of people with your podcast, the Inspire Nation show is totally inspiring. Wow. You talk about Paul Selig, another channeler with his guides. He's been important to you at using the concept of the upper room. What does that yeah. mean to you and and why do you find it particularly meaningful? I find it particularly meaningful because we all have it's nice to have a carrot. It's nice for us to be able to aim for something. It's nice to have some sort of a, um, I don't know if talisman is the right word, but something before us that represents where we want to go. And the upper room to me represents vibrating at a higher v frequency, staying in a higher state of love, I'll put it, because I believe we are all love, came from love, couldn't be anything other than love, but dropping more of that fear and staying in that upper room, that place of love, more of the time. Again, doesn't necessarily mean that everything is easier, but from that upper room, you get a completely different perspective on the world. And when you have that different perspective, not does it only does it raise you up, but then you can kind of, in a sense, reach down and help others up. Or you could say your vibration, like that tide, is bringing others up. So continuously, it's sort of like A Course in Miracles. Do we choose love? Do we choose fear? They can't really coexist at the same time. As we begin to shed some of that lower vibration, what you focus on is what you're bringing about in a sense. If you're focusing on negative, 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 you ain't going to the upper room. If you can said, you see the news and you go, oh my God, and then you go, I send love, I send love. I send love. Or you find something else. Every time you see something quote-unquote negative, you find a way to bring it to a positive. You find a way to reframe it. You find a way to go into your heart. You are now embodying and living in the upper room. There's a critical mass of change. When we have, that's why you're doing your show. That's why I'm doing mine. We hit that critical mass. Michael, we all bounce. You're, you're cracking me up here because you're reminding me of this moment when Ty and I were driving along and some guy cut us off in the car. And my yeah. husband turned to me, retired destroyer captain, who's, you know, he has his opinions. He turns to me and he looks at me and he says, I know, send love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have done well with him. And he has done well. He's done the work. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing. It is work, isn't it? I mean, I mean, people are hopefully, I hope all of you listening are enthused and you're going to go out and you're going to go, yay, I'm going to send love. And then it's going to be watch the news and we can slip back. It takes work to maintain this. It does. I, years, years ago, the last time I really lost my cool with somebody, uh, I was going into uh, Brooklyn coaching a rabbi, kind of cool. I was going into Brooklyn and <laughs> I, I was borrowed vehicle, somebody's easy pass. I go to go through the toll booth and it doesn't go to green. And I've got a person behind me who starts yelling at oh. me and starts screaming at me and all but death threats at me. And I finally, I'm freaking out here because I want to get out and go throw another quarter in the machine. And this guy is just laying into me, giant black Escalade behind me. And I finally pull forward and he goes past screaming at me and I flipped him off. Yeah, been there. That, <laughs> hurt. that hurt because I wasn't flipping him off. I was flipping me off. I was hmm. forgetting we are all 
I was forgetting what's most important, that he is my brother, sister, mother, father, mother, father, uh, son or daughter, that we are all one humanity. And instead of realizing something's going on in his life, something's going on in his world, who knows what's going on in his shoes? I lost my compassion in that moment. That freaked me out. And that is what I went back and worked on and worked on so that if situations like that happen, and we all get those emails, we always do, or we get those comments on YouTube or comments on the channel, you go, wow, that person must really be struggling right now. And you mean it sincerely. How can I help them? What can I do for them? How can I send them love? Yes. I love that comment you made. I was actually flipping myself off in that moment. Mm, You're right. Wow. It hurts. Yeah. Well, you know, perversely, there's a moment in the human side that it feels good to do that. But only for that well, moment. You're, you're gifting them. You're, you're, we, we work on tension and relaxation. That's why comedy works. Build up all that tension and then pop it and everybody relaxes. There's a tension. There's an anger. There's a frustration. There's a, please forgive me, everybody, a fewness in you that is just desiring to gift that energy, to get it off of you. But it always comes back. (laughs) There is no other. And so as soon as you launch it, it's ricocheting and and duck because it's coming back with twice the speed from which to learn. Spoken from a man who's hit the ground hard more times than most with artificial body parts to prove it. Wow. Wow. Whew, Michael, we just have a minute to go. Can you? How do we wrap up this beautiful show? Share with us ways we can shine more brightly. So uh, I would certainly, everybody, I go over to automaticwriting.com and I get that. And every day I would dive in and communicate and build your relationship with spirit, build your relationship with the angels. To me, that's more yes. important than oxygen. I would go over to inspirenationshow.com and check out way too many shows (laughs) over 1400 shows so you get show after show sign up subscribe on itunes i would go over to youtube where we not only have um we have two premieres where we have the guests there with us uh i believe you were there with us suzanne when we when we launched your show so two videos live uh, uh premieres a week plus i'm live on air once a week every sunday night on youtube and then we do boot camps these these Classes that really are almost free for you to come and join us and learn how and, to bring out your own light to the world. And we're out of time, Michael, but just keep bringing us more Ooh. stuff and shining your light. You are awesome. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody. I love you, Suzanne. Keep shining bright. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. 
On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.